This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, a pair of packs of pickled peppers procured from a picky puppet, Brian Murray. Hello. And Kate Lamphere. Hi. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm very excited because, for one, I spent a stupid amount of money on comic books this past weekend, and I haven't read really any of those books. And two, I saw a Gambit action figure, figurine, monstrous size statue at a comic book shop that I didn't know existed. And it made me so very, very happy. But, you know, I'm here to talk to you, Kate and Brian, about comic books, not about my love of occasion, man. So how have you guys been? How have comic books been? Um, Those are the legally mandated questions I must ask. Brian, let's start with you. So I haven't read a lot of comics lately. I've been playing mostly video games. Mm. Uh, I beat Metroid Dread for the fourth time. Is uh, there is there value in beating those games multiple times? I, not, I just I'm think sorry. it's fun. <laughs> sorry, that, that came like off the, really shitty. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. No, there's there's no like alternate ending for beating okay. it a second time or anything like okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. It's just it's just really good gameplay. I have a lot of fun playing it. <laughs> it looks beautiful. Like that looks like such a fun game to play. Like overall, like I imagine the gameplay must be worth it then, right? If you're playing yeah. it four times. Yeah, I mean, if you like the side scrolling, side scrolling Metroid or metroidvanias i i think it's a a very successful one i did try to do a little bit of reading uh because i knew i had to bring something to the table today thank you uh i started trying to read king and black oh i couldn't tell you why Mm -hmm. i think it's just because i was on hoopla it was there i don't know i just watched the new venom movie recently maybe that was in the back of my head maybe i wanted to rinse that up taste out of my mouth Uh oh but as you might expect, jumping into a big event book without any context, it's uh, I'm off to a rough start. <laughs> okay. Can can you tell us about what has happened so far from your perspective? Uh, well, we start with Eddie Brock basically having his, my God, they're here moment <laughs> of, you know, uh, Null and his symbiote army uh, coming to Earth to destroy all of creation, question mark. Okay. And then we get a a very sweaty uh, Tony Stark in a room with Captain America and Captain Marvel and I think She-Hulk. Um, but he's like, don't worry about this. I put a bunch of bombs in space. And then he blows them up. And then mm-hmm. we see Eddie being like, yeah, he got like a hundred of them. There are thousands. Oh, okay. And at that point, I went, I'm going to come back to this later. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I'm like 10 pages in. <laughs> I see. I see. I was going to say, it's funny because that's pretty much how Hulk number one starts. Uh, the the new Donny Cates and Ryan uh, Otley book that just came out uh, where it's it's all of the superheroes, all the Avengers in a room going, oh, my God, something's happening. Maybe maybe X is happening because of Y. And uh, it's just them standing in a room. So that's interesting that that's also how King and Black started. Danny, I think, in the chat is very... Uh, he very much wants to help you understand this, Brian. So maybe can, maybe once I finish reading this, we can have that discussion. <laughs> Bring it to the next the next hangout or something um, yeah. once you've got it all wrapped up. Well, I mean, I'm interested to hear your progress. Maybe over the holiday as you bring in the new year, this thing can get you started off at a, on a low bar um, so that it's only upwards. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that I won't just be playing Skyrim. more. <laughs> They added okay. fishing, Mike. What am I going to do? Not fish? You know what? I uh, I can't blame you. Totally get that. <laughs> Anyways, Kate, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? 
been good. I have been replaying Skyrim, uh, thus Brian's reference. We've both been replaying Skyrim. Mm. <laughs> I I feel like I know how to video game now, whereas the first time I played it, I did not know how to video game. So my experience is much better. Um, Interesting. I have been trying to read a bunch of books from the library as usual. This is my normal story, and I shouldn't be surprised at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the the book that I want to talk about today, I actually requested that the library pur- purchase this, and they did. Whoa! I'm so excited. And then That's of course awesome. I've I've had it for like two months and not read it until this week. <laughs> Whoops! This is called Our Stories Carried Us Here, and it's an anthology of these first person stories about people who mostly immigrated to the U.S. or one of them is a first generation person. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. these people are our front, like all different ages, all different countries of origin, and it's their stories. And sometimes the writing style isn't very refined, but it, like I was fine with that because all of the art is really good. And then also like it meant that. I was getting a variety of stories that weren't just from people who were experienced with writing or with writing comics specifically. Mm -hmm. And um, the art was also done by people that came to the U S from someplace else. And that was a little bit more, um, a little bit more refined. Like they all had a little bit more experience with comics. There's all these like biographies at the beginning of the stories about the writers and the artists so that you kind of get a general idea of what what you're getting into Mm -hmm, (laughs) but mm -hmm. then also you get some information about them and then there's also like a link if you want to find out more about them that you can you know find online and the art styles are all really varied like there was a watercolor story there's a couple of black and white stories there's some some like like two color stories where it's black and some other color. Um, there's a few middle grade art stories. There's like a sketch style story. It's kind of all over the place, but it, it really works well. Like, you know that you're getting into the next story because you have these biography pages and then you're like into something totally different. But I have had to take my time with this mm-hmm. because I mean, because it is very <laughs> emotional, um, <laughs> And and then also like I want a break to like digest someone's experience before I move on to the next one. Right. I mean, I imagine a lot of these stories are not necessarily all happy stories, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when this book was coming out because I think the, the guy who did the cover, uh, Nate Powell, who's also the artist on that series March uh, with uh, uh, hmm. Senator with the Senator whose name is escaping me, uh, John Lewis. Yeah. yeah. And I remember him promoting this and I was like, oh, man, this is this looks really cool. Like it looks like an interesting story to read. But I think I just completely forgot about it. But it looks like it's still pre pre order. Is it your library got it? So maybe li- yeah. my library has it. So I'll, I'll keep a lookout for this because um sounds interesting. Yeah. If our Podunk West Michigan library branch has a copy, yeah. then surely we've got it here in joyzy yeah. <laughs> I, I really need to write into my library and tell them that they do a good job picking up these these kind of diverse books because mm-hmm. our area is not very diverse <laughs> mm-hmm. and and the library is definitely trying so they need yeah. to know that they're loved yeah i mean always the time of the year throw some money at them <laughs> yeah. oh i did i started a reoccurring donation which works out to like 50 cents per b- book that i borrow but it's still you know something what? <laughs> kate that's a scary number when i think about it uh kind of kind of like the opposite the anti-nick white in that sense <laughs> yes. Kate is a welcome site at the library <laughs> right right <laughs> 
Um, well, that's that's awesome. Like I said, I'm going to keep an eye out for this because this book looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. For me, I have been um, all over the place in terms of just being stupid busy and exhausted. And like I, I paired up a bunch of like random things like appointments as well as like getting a COVID booster. So like I've been up and down and sleepy and not getting enough sleep and getting too much sleep like over the past week. Um, but I did manage to read a handful of comics. I mostly spent my time over the past week reading our uh, Goodreads challenge books, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, but because I, I wanted to finish it, I wanted to be like, this is possible because I, I hit a couple of books earlier this year and then I hit a couple more books in the middle of this year. And I think I only had like four left. So I was like, there's no excuse. And so I read everything with the exception of one book. Um, so that's mostly what I've been reading for uh, the last week or so. But I did sit down and read Hellions number 18 last night. I know some folks on our Discord were very excited about the end of that. Um, this is Zeb Wells, uh, Zay Carlos on art, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by the working on every single book at Marvel, Ariana Maher. And yeah, I will say as someone who's been reading this since issue one and loving it since issue one, this is an incredible end to a stupendous very fun, ex- exciting run of X-Men. My, my question in the notes is, is it no surprise that the most chaotic X-Men book became a quick favorite for so many? Because if, if you don't know, this book is a team of Havoc, Psylocke, aka Quanon, because Psylocke Elizabeth Braddock was separated from Psylocke, her original body and mind, Quanon, um, Wild Child, Empath, Harpoon, Orphan Maker, and Nanny. It's a that team alone is essentially a bomb constantly on countdown, only being reset by some final arc MacGyver-esque ending where the blue wire was something like a whole team dying or Mr. Sinister lying about something or Quanon asserting her dominance or Empath destroying the team's trust by emotionally manipulating them all. Like, totally normal, totally healthy stuff. So 18 issues later, you know, we've gone through three-ish, four-ish arcs. Um, We've seen these characters grow and get better and then get worse and make all sorts of extremely strange decisions as they have lived on the outskirts of kind of the rest of the X-Men world. Are they a strike team? Not really. Are they a, a, you know, just a black ops team or something kind of sort of are they just being manipulated by mr sinister pretty much that's that's kind of what the basis of the story is but they're all adults they're all people who are typically you know if you know anything about each of these characters like they are not people that respond well to an authority telling them what to do and so to put them one on a team where one of them has to be the team leader right that that it becomes a problem from the get-go and then having mr sinister on top of that saying hey stupids go do this dumb thing you're my minions um it's just it's just a whole barrel of gunpowder just with someone just throwing hundreds of matches at it um and the fact that it hadn't blown up before this, I mean, there were moments where things happened, but um, the fact that this series ends in such a way that s- ties it all back together with the entire Krakoa, like X-Men have moved to this new island and they've got their own nation and their own set of laws. Um, the way that it ends is just, is just wonderful. Like, And I, I truly can't express how much I love this book. Like, Never once could I really predict what was going to happen. Never once could I say what a character was going to do, the take that they were going to turn, whether it was going to be good or bad. Like, I could never tell you if Mr. Sinister was going to screw the team over or not because it was so inconsistent in the best way possible. Everything's unpredictable. And um, I think Zeb Wells nailed this book in terms of the comedy and the timing and just like the way that he developed each of these characters who are D-listers, E-listers, X-listers, right? That was a, I mean, 
X lister would maybe be better than S tier. You know what I mean? But like, anyways, um, they're way, way down on the rung um, and the ladder of X-Men. And it all worked out together uh, in such a wonderful way. Like the end 17 and 18 were such a wonderful pair of co- of comics um and 18 having me actually feel some emotions for these stupid characters was very surprising um so all in all i uh this issue was stupendous i really want to own the collected edition of this run though i don't know if that's ever going to be possible with the way that marvel's collecting all the x-men books right now because as much as i love the x-men i do not want to own all of the dawn of x reign of x volumes just to get the completed hellion story so like maybe one day we'll get a this is going to be disjointed but uh you know here's all hellion's book because that's all i actually want so um yeah fucking love this book guys i can't express how fun it is so if you get a chance read it (laughs) yeah i'm glad you liked it um you could uh if if you collected those single issues you could always uh send them to a place that will bind them for you that's true that is true the one other thing I will say is the end of this issue is very has a very interesting epilogue. And part of me really sees Kieran Gillen's Immortal X-Men touching on that. Uh, since his his series that was just recently announced is going to be all about the Quiet Council. And, well, Mr. Sinister is on that council. So, like, there's a whole thing. Um, he's Mr. Sinister's been an absolute shit for, like, 18 issues. And it's been wonderful. <laughs> like, watching a very just animated villain work within the confines of a of a world saying like no 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 everyone thinks that what i'm doing is cool is um is pretty fun and because int- he's obviously trying to not bend or like step over any too many lines but at the same time he's supposed to be trying things for the sake of mutantdom so it's it's been really fun Let's see isn't he historically like a pro mutant eugenicist yes Yes, Brian, there's so many people that are involved in this in this like new Dawn of X, Reign of X, whatever, that you're like, they're really working with that person? Really? <laughs> that yeah, person I mean, was a genocidal maniac named Apocalypse. Oh, he's one of the founding members of the team. Okay. <laughs> all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, again, and this is, again, this is the thing that like makes this in, entire Krakoan experiment so interesting in that the X-Men writers really bend themselves and bend the stories in ways to say like, no, 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 it's okay that this person's on that team. Everyone is very, very suspicious of them, but don't worry, it's going to be fine. And Hellions has been the only book that really has taken that and said, no, no, Sinister's still doing his fucking shit. It's like, <laughs> there's no hiding it in this book. Um, So yeah, a lot of really interesting stuff. He can't stuff. be back on his bullshit because he never got off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been really fun. But of course, he is, again, the, the whole thing with the X, it's so smart the way that they weave things together because they needed Mr. Sinister's genetics background in order to say, like, how do we keep the X-Men alive when they die? You know, like, where do we get all of their genetic samples? Who has a copy of all their genetic samples? Well, Mr. Sinister does because he's constantly trying to create super mutants and stuff yeah so it's 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 funny he's a crucial part of the entire krakoan system because without him they couldn't recreate or create mutants after they die or you know bring people back from the dead essentially so yeah it's a it's a really interesting puzzle because as soon as you re- if you remove him from the puzzle or from the the whole entire game some things may or may not fall apart and we kind of need to dig into that and i think that's where we're going like of course nothing's perfect the mutant utopia that's been going on for two-ish years is starting to slowly fall apart um but in this this is i don't know the end of this book really puts a a stamp on like okay here's the direct one of the directions that we're probably going to be going so highly recommend this if you're if you're looking into x-men books this one's fun but 
I also say that about one of my favorite X-Men runs, X-Men Legacy, written by Cy Spurrier, and other people have read that and went, Mike, I had no idea what was happening for the first 12 issues, <laughs> which <laughs> makes sense because it's all contextual. It's all contextual because uh, everything in the X-Men is so tied into continuity more so than anything else. Anyways, I, uh, <sighs> I could talk about X-Men all day. Did you guys know that? <laughs> yes. Uh, I have my <laughs> suspicions, but... <laughs> Uh, but let's well, let's talk about comic books that are coming out soon or comic books that we're going to be reading soon. Um, the question of the day is what's on the top of your pile? Comics are dropping on uh, December 15 for those of you that are buying comics this week. But Brian, what are, what's on the top of your pile? Well, I, I need to preface this by saying that I don't know if I've actually read a single issue of comics since April, right. maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I keep buying them and then borrowing trades on Hoopla. I see. I see. Uh, but there is a new Life is Strange comic coming out this week. So okay. that's that's what's getting my vote. Uh, this is issue number three of the Settling Dust arc. And while I have not read, you know, the last eight issues of this series, mm-hmm. I have enough faith in uh, Emma Viacelli, Claudia Leonardi, and Andrea Izzo, which is the creative team on the book, that I'm, I'm confident that they're going to knock it out of the park because they've done so in every issue I've read. So I don't know what would have made them stop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this but this series has been like pretty solid as far as like the video game series is concerned right like it's just adding more and more lore to everything yeah yeah it's taking one of the possible endings of the original game and just sort of like spooling that out seeing like what could have happened if x had continued or whatever gotcha gotcha yeah, it's it's tough to really explain without getting it giving a full dissertation on the game, but I mean, yeah, like let's uh let's uh let's not go into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I and, and, and I realize find me like, on that's, Twitter and I'll go into it. Yeah, yeah, as you say that that could be its own discussion series like, you know, talking about the games and then bringing the comics in and how those all play out because um because this is like one of the I realize like I'm still going into this even though he said we shouldn't <laughs> because like these this series and the multiple multiple series that they've done are they each individual like storylines or are they like a continuation of one bigger story it's all the same storyline okay I don't okay. know why they're breaking it up like giving each arc its own subtitle but mm-hmm. it's it's all connected yeah and I think this is published through Titan like and Titan, for some reason, loves to do that. I don't know why. Like, they do this with their Doctor Who books. They do this with a couple of other p- titles that they own. And it's just like, are they trying to market them all as independent graphic novels? Are they trying to just, I don't know, have a distinct label on them? I, I, I have no yeah, idea. I mean, that, that's what makes it confusing for me. Because, like, you absolutely could not pick up the Settling Dust arc without having read the previous arcs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think you could. I guess I can't say that with certainty because I haven't read any of it yet. But yeah, but everything that I have read has been, you know, an ongoing comic series. Yeah, it's so weird, it's so weird. Um, well, cool. I guess once, you, hopefully, you'll be able to get through all those in the near future, and you can tell us whether or not you were your predictions were correct. But uh, when when the trade comes out and I buy it on Comicsology like a stooge. you know what i totally get that i buy the singles and then go buy the physical trade so i'm like the other way around but uh kate what about you how have you or what's on the top of your pile next uh there's a a collection another anthology coming out this one's called the old guard tales through time and it's got a whole bunch of really great creators on it brian michael bendis kelly sudaconic matt fraction vita ayala jason aaron uh nicholas scott 
I could just keep going. Um, Holy smokes. Right. And I really don't know specifically what this is going to be about. I mean, like, I really love the old guard. I'll get into that a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, later in the episode. But I I don't know. I'm just in. Like, the old guard, these creators, done. <laughs> They've sold me. No, I get it. There's also a manga coming out called uh, Otherworldly Izakaya Nobu. This is by Natsuka Simikawa. And I volume nine it's coming out i have only read volume one um but <laughs> <laughs> um volume one is very charming this is definitely a um like a food manga um but it takes place in like this wintry medieval town and volume one that i've read has these soldiers from this town finding this japanese cafe and loving the food there, bringing other soldiers in and like bonding over the dishes. And then, of course, you have the panels of them like super getting into the food. Um, and there's something about this Japanese cafe. Like they definitely don't get their ingredients at all locally, like fresh Sorry, fish. green as people kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I meant like there's like no source of water around for them to get the fish for their sushi, but sure. <laughs> I like mine better. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, they'll they'll occasionally reference, like, oh, you've got to go to the market today to get ingredients. And then there's just kind of, like, this, like, this heavy pause about, like, where is this market at? So, um, that's, that's, like, this, this very nice, nice mystery. Good mystery. Um, okay. And I don't know, food manga is kind of hit or, hit or miss for me because it's like the the panels where they're enjoying the food can really go overboard sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the uh, the character stories in this one, like the the people that come in and like like kind of bond over these dishes, those are really heartwarming. So I think I'm gonna try to keep going with the series. Are yeah, you, you can just me? say you didn't like food wars. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, and I went to the same same spot there. I, I sorry, I got really confused because I was like, Isakai, isn't that isn't that Isakai? Isn't that like I was transported into the mind of a slant? It's a different thing. Isakai is like chef stuff, but um, yeah, it. I mean, looks pretty, but yeah, it's you know, seems like something. Kate, you'll have to let us know. <laughs> you'll yeah. have to let us know if if people's clothes explode off of their yeah. body after oh, they've boy. had a good meal. <laughs> uh well before i get into my pick for this week or what's on the top of my pile we do have some folks hanging out with us here in the discord um hugh sent over their pick and it is they are going with i am batman number four and danny is going with batgirls number one um dc's love is is alive and well in the ircb discord uh are these batman books any good i don't know i'm never gonna read them he said after he's probably gonna pick them all up next year after people put them on the reading challenge um (laughs) for me though my pick the book that I'm going to be reading. Everyone's so mad in the chat now. Uh, my pick for this week is uh, Friday, book one, the first day of Christmas. This is by Ed Brubaker with art by Marcos Martin and colors by Munza Vicente. Uh, this is the series that came out through Panel Syndicate online. So you may have read like the single issues that were, you know, pay what you want. But I, I bought the collected edition of this. Uh, I've been sitting on it for a little while because it did come out a few weeks ago. And 
Sorry. Danny says that he's going to bribe me to only add bat books to the reading challenge for next year. We'll see. <laughs> we got a couple weeks to figure that out. Um, yeah, but I've been sitting on this since it came out in the collected edition. Um, it's beautiful. It's a little like not as big as your standard comic book style collection, which I think is really fun. It's about the same size as the like strange Academy and kind of like youth size books. Like, I don't know, for some reason, Marvel and DC publish like smaller size comic books for their like younger adults or younger readers, I should say. And um, image did that with, with friday i don't think friday is supposed to be like aimed at a younger audience because the description um listed as friday fits you spent her childhood solving crimes and digging up occult secrets with her best friend lancelot jones the smartest boy in the world but that was the past now she's in college starting a new life on her own or so she thought when friday comes home for the holiday she's immediately pulled back into lance's orbit and finds that something very strange and dangerous is happening in their little new england town this is literally the christmas vacation from hell and they may not survive to see new year Sure. I mean, I'm on board for this. I want to read this to basically make the end of the year a nightmare uh, more so than it already is. And uh, I figure Ed Brubaker can spook me a little bit with uh, Marcos Martin in tow. I'm, I'm very excited. I love their their previous books that they've done together. So really excited to dig into this next one. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people forget the true meaning of Christmas, which is, of course, supernatural terror. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, what it, what even is frankincense? You know, frankincense, Frankenstein. Think about it, sheeple. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come <laughs> back, we're going to um, put these lines together. And then when we, we come back, we're actually going to talk about our Goodreads reading challenge. Uh, we're going to talk about Brian and Kate's picks, some of the books that we read, and what it even means to read in a challenge. Uh, so we'll be back in uh, just a second. our show this week we are talking about the goodreads reading challenge uh specifically we're asking the questions why did you pick the comic that you picked as part of our goodreads reading challenge and what are thoughts what are your thoughts on the books that you've read so far if any um so if you're not aware it's it's been a year we've talked about it a handful of times but every year on our goodreads group we do a reading challenge where all of the folks from the podcast pick a book as well as some of the folks on our patreon if you're a five dollar and above patreon supporter you can help us pick a book for next year's uh, goodreads reading challenge but um we basically say hey let's let's read a bunch of books and let's talk about them the goal is to just Get a diverse bunch of comic books under your belt. And uh, if you have thoughts and comments and stuff, rate them on Goodreads and just be you know, a participant. The hope is that you're going to just read more comics because that's what we want to do here. And I read comic books. I don't know if you knew this, but our goal is to get you to read comic books, hopefully. Preferably books that are not in your wheelhouse. But anyways, before I get on a soapbox about that, I guess let's let's dig into the books that we picked for the Goodreads Reading Challenge. We've done a couple of episodes like this throughout the year. I don't think that we've talked to Kate and Brian yet. so. I guess, Brian, let's start with you. What was the book that you picked for the reading challenge and why did you pick it? Uh, this will surprise absolutely no one who's been listening to IRCB this year. Uh, my pick was We Only Find Them When They're Dead, Volume 1. Mm. Uh, I have spoken about it so much that I'm not going to get too deep into it just because you've you've already heard it unless this is your first episode, in which case, hi, welcome. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's just a, a very good speculative sci-fi book, and I picked it because it was like one of the rare comics where the art is so good that I had no choice but to notice it. Because mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a lot of the time, I, I pay more attention to the, the writing or the story of a book than I do the actual art. But the art, and we only find them when they're dead, is 
a work of staggering beauty like it's yeah. the the way they use uh this is uh simone de mayo on art the way de mayo does shadows and colors and just like the the way everything just sort of fits together into a cohesive whole fully blew my socks off absolutely I, I just reread this because I wanted to be familiar because I hadn't read it, I think, since the issues originally came out. And wouldn't you guys know, I never read issue number five of this run. <laughs> <laughs> I read one through four and then I jumped right into six. And I remember being really confused. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so when, you know, I saw this was on the challenge, I was like, cool, this is an excuse for me to reread because I feel like I don't understand this book. And now I understand why. <laughs> um but yeah i was a big one too i know five <laughs> brian five. happens in five <laughs> five is the most important one it's as if it ends the arc <laughs> or something <Yeah. laughs> um so yeah so rereading it was awesome because i remember being like i felt the same way that you did brian like simone de Mayo's art is staggering right like we all i feel like everyone on the show i think we all have a lot of respect for al ewing as a writer we've all read something from him that has been impressive um for the most part and this book is solid, but it is DeMeo's art that really puts it over the edge. So I totally understand why you picked this as your as your pick because it's huh, every single page is breathtaking. Some of the faces and just some of the angles that DeMeo chooses to, to just show things is so it's so unique. It would have been so easy for them, I think, to just go with like standard comic book format and layout because their art is beautiful um, and it would have worked. But I think some of just the strange angles that they take, especially when they're jumping around the ship in the first two issues, is just something to behold. Um, yeah. yeah, it really gives you that that like outer space zero gravity feeling. Yeah, where, like there is no up and down necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kate, did you get a chance to read this book by chance? Yeah, I I think I've read it. Well, I've read it once, and then I I skimmed it to make sure that I remembered what happened. And yeah, it definitely. There, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of there's a couple different subplots, and it ends on this cliffhanger that makes me, you know, want to stop recording and go read volume two right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if only more issues of that series were out, I mean, I would say let's do that. But right, uh, unfortunately, I think it's there are only like eight, like nine, and three or four more issues since issue five came out. So yeah, I think nine just came out pretty recently. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which, again, I feel like this is going to put all those issues in context now that I've read number five, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, that's 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 great. I mean, I think this is a great pick. I think you had you had picked this before the volume was released, but it was like, that's fine. It'll be out in like May or something. Yeah. So I hope folks got a chance to get to this one because it is it is very solid. Kate, what about you? What was your pick for, for the reading challenge? I picked The Old Guard, Opening Fire by Greg, Greg Rucka and uh, Leandro Fernandez, which mm -hmm. will surprise no one. Um, <laughs> my uh, my Goodreads review, my very first one of the like four times I've read this, was that this was very bloody but very engaging, and the characters are each unique and fleshed out. And then I specifically called out the relationship between Joe and Nikki, which was perfection. I I went and skimmed through this book before the episode um, really quick, but I still had to like pause and read this beautiful exchange between them when they oh. are when they've been uh, kidnapped and are in this truck, very in danger. And uh, Joe just goes on about how how Nikki is his whole world. And it's just wonderful. My boyfriend, he says. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Um, so so good. I'm so glad that when they adapted this into a Netflix movie that they kept that. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. wow, just incredible. There is a sequel book to this. Um, there's a volume two and there's an, the anthology book coming out that I mentioned in the first half of the show. Mm-hmm. So there's like more to this story. And each time that I pick up this volume one, I, I see something new. And and this time, because I, I think because I was skimming and I wasn't like getting hung up on the dialogue and the narration, I really noticed more of the historical references like in in the artwork, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. during the modern scenes like the there's architecture, there's there's people dressed up in the background for like historical events. There's objects, um, there's artwork like there's just references to the past that these characters live through is just everywhere. Yeah, I, I reread this yesterday to try to be caught up because I haven't read it, I think, since the series came out. And I think my rating for this book went up significantly on a second reread. It could be the movie reinforced some of the stuff that I loved about the series or the just in general. Like I remember really liking this book. And I think this is this is one of those books that I, I used to annoy people with who weren't comic book <laughs> readers. I would say something like, you know, like, it, you know, you, you don't have to read comic books to like this thing. It's it's a really cool. It's about these people. They're immortals. And like they've lived for a long time and like they can't die, but they can die. And people will go, Mike, shut the fuck up. Like, this sounds so stupid. <laughs> you know, they're like, I could go read a vampire story if I want. And it's like, they're not vampires, though. <laughs> um yeah like and i say this specifically because i think i've tried to get kelly to read this book a couple times and like some people that i work with and they were just like yeah 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 sure mike you know pat on the head um but i'm telling you folks this is a banger this book absolutely rocks from beginning to end i only can say like i at rereading it yesterday i almost couldn't i couldn't put it down rucka has such a good grasp on writing characters that you really are can be frustrated with but also love at the same time I, I feel like this was a this was a book he wrote in anger in some ways, maybe about something, but it just seemed like everybody's angry. Everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. But the art, like Leandro Fernandez's art, I think struck me so much harder than the first time I read it. I, I remember reading the first time thinking, you know, it's kind of messy, and then rereading it. It was just like, no, no, no. There there is absolute choice and beauty to every single panel, every single page. And it, as as chaotic as I think his art can be there are far worse artists out there who are trying to do the same thing and are not executing it at all. Fernandez is everything that he does is, is, is very intricate and very purposeful compared to, compared to other artists, I think who are doing a similar kind of like rougher art style, but like to, to your point, Kate, like even in the background, there's these historical things. The thing that struck me in this reread was just how close they tried to make all the characters look like, look like they were from the places they, they were supposed to be right like and yeah. i realized that you can kind of run into like a, a tough thing like character or you know like creating caricatures out of people but like someone who's from ancient greece should look like an ancient greek person you know or look like a person who's from ancient greece you know um someone who is from the middle east should look like they're from the middle east you know and i appreciated that there wasn't like a washing of any of these characters like they were distinctively from their regions and I found that to be really, really cool as you were reading because like everybody is is strikingly unique in style, it, but it doesn't feel like it, it feels extremely purposeful without being offensive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. The art is really unique. I, I did have trouble getting into it the first time I read this, but then I got used to it very quickly and it, mm-hmm. it really worked for me. Yeah. I mean, I this is this is such a fucking solid book. I, I like I said, I think my rating went from a four to a five by the end um, by the you know, as far as Goodreads ratings are concerned. 
but yeah, I guess like the pick that I made for this this reading challenge was a gift for a ghost, uh, which I picked this because the art was really striking. I really I really just loved the overall look of this book, um, and I'd read it once and I just loved it. Uh, I I probably should reread it, um, but at the you know when I was looking for something to nominate for the reading challenge, I was like I really wanted to give people a different OGN. And I think that this one totally nails it. I think for some folks in the reading challenge, it wasn't their favorite, but uh, I absolutely loved it. Like it's, it's just a fun, like interesting little book, you know, two stories happening at once. And that skeleton boy in, in the, the flashback series is just, just my favorite looking skeleton character. Um, I just absolutely love it. I feel like I have to reread this one closer because the first Mm -hmm. time I read it, I was like, okay, there are multiple timelines going on and they intersect mystically and at what point like when when am i reading what timeline and doesn't matter and like are they actually the same person i don't know and the second time when i when i skimmed through this real quick i um i I could appreciate the art more because i really wasn't reading um i was just reminding myself and Mm -hmm. it it was like really beautiful really unique art style and I could appreciate like the differences between the two different timelines, which I really hadn't noticed before in the art. But I really need to sit down and read this more closely because mm-hmm. like my questions still stand. Sure, 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 sure. I mean it's it's a it's a it's a I feel like it's a intentionally ambiguous kind of like wishy wash between the then and the now. I guess without getting like too deep into the spoilers or anything like that but like there is a there is like a parallel story that's kind of happening um but i do think it ta- it it requires like a deeper read I, it, I don't know maybe maybe that's that's me being like too hoity-toity about my comic books but still i think it's it's interesting it's a it's a fun little i don't know book but uh again i don't think it's for everybody i think the goodreads rating is like three and a half uh maybe 3.3 so um i totally get it but i i think you know borea gonzalez i think is their name this does a stupendous job in terms of just like their color work and again i can't get over a skeleton voice it's they yeah. just look they're just adorable <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, I guess beyond that, you know, did, uh, did you guys get a chance to read any of the other books, Kate? I don't know. I think you've got a couple on your list that you maybe want to talk about here. I, I know that I've got a few. I don't want to talk all day for, about this, though. <laughs> um, I, I just really appreciated how different these these books were in comparison to what I'd normally pick up myself. Like, there was a couple of things that I think I would have, been, have eventually gotten around to. Like, for example, we had um, the... Uh, and Frank's diary, the graphic adaptation, which I, oh I really enjoyed that. And I think I would have eventually found that myself, but I'm glad that I had a reason to read it before mm-hmm. that eventual time occurred. Um, and then we also had bang by Matt Kent, Wilfredo Torres and uh, Nay Young Wilson. I don't think I would have picked that up um, because I, you know, there's a gun on the cover if I remember correctly. And that's mm-hmm. not really something that I gravitate toward, but then it mm-hmm. turns out that there, this is like a really, unique story oh my gosh um and i i did really in, enjoy seeing how the story was put together um and like the mythology like in this i don't know if mythology is the right word but kind of similar to the old guard in the way that it isn't just like one current timeline one current story it's kind of like this ongoing thing mm-hmm and then uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 1, uh, like the color classics by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This yeah. was Simon's pick. I never would have picked this up. Um, <laughs> and it was wonderful. <laughs> uh-huh. You're not a big shellhead? 
no, that's that's um, you know, tanks and and big guns, Brian. Um, oh, I'm sorry, no, it's Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, Kate, I I felt the same way. I feel like you know, color classics has always been on my like forever to read list um, near the bottom. So I don't think I've ever would have hoisted this from my backlog um, to use a overused phrase from a couple of episodes ago. But um, I was surprised by how much I loved this run and then absolutely hated it. Like the second half of this volume, I hated but the first half was perfect turtles like every single beat every single page all of the jokes everything worked for me and then when they went to another dimension i was like why the fuck is this oh, happening yeah. and the I, fact I that remember. all of this happens in like the first six issues of turtles blows my mind and goes those arcade games were so accurate i can't believe that <laughs> i thought that it was just a bunch of malarkey it turns out it's the absolute truth and eastman and laird are fucking madmen <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't think I would have grabbed this, and I'm glad that Simon put it on the reading challenge because um, it. I'm happy to, to have that in my mind. As much as I didn't like the second half, um, overall, I thought it was still pretty solid. Yeah, um, and then also Paul uh, added the Return of the Tie Girls by Jamie Hernandez, and mm. Paul talks about these books a lot, this creator a lot, and like I... I'd, I had added, I think, either this book or a different book to my to-read list at mm-hmm. some point, and who knows when I would have gotten to it, you know? So I'm really glad that, that this was added to this year's reading challenge so that I actually read something by this creator <laughs> sooner than, rather yeah. than later. Um, I mean, Hernandez, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he only really does his Love and Rockets books, so, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the, the artwork is kind of, like, cartoonish. I mean, I know that these are comics. Everything's kind of cartoonish, but, like, sure. in, a, in an extra kind of bubbly way that um, I don't think would have encouraged me to pick up this book. But I really enjoyed the story. Um, it was very, like, different. It was very, like, female-centered, which isn't something that... I mean, we see more and more of that now. But it's not something that I that I would have expected from, I don't know, um, mm-hmm. comics in general, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 God and Science Return of the I think it's T Girls. I think it's like okay. I don't maybe, but even still, like I think like that book is so, it's so wild because it's such a weird blend of like meta story, but also like actual story. And like you, in the context of Love and Rockets, if you've ever read any other Love and Rockets stories, you know that it's all just like super grounded kind of stuff with a bunch of hijinks in it, almost like Archie, but but not in a way it's it's i don't know it's so weird and you know i feel like this is another one of those divisive ones um i think a lot of people were not a fan of this uh but a lot of people were like i really enjoyed it sounds like you really enjoyed it but i know some other folks on the goodreads group didn't enjoy it so um but yeah it's good to get everyone's got to dip their toes into love and rockets i i think at least in some capacity if it's not this book if you want something more serious the love bunglers is a really good one if you want something that's really wacky read the original like the first um arc i can't remember what it's called i think it's maggie the machinist or Manny, maggie the mechanic that one is bonkers but it's really really fun um but i i do agree i think like i, I will say i think that everybody should dip their toes into the love and rockets world i should i should say i agree with myself everyone should dip their toes <laughs> into love and rockets <laughs> yeah you you should try it but if you don't like it that's fine absolutely i i also tried to read that that first arc and i did not enjoy the experience yeah it's it's a lot it's definitely a lot it's if you like that like that kind of thing you'll love this edition of that kind of thing is yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. I don't. I don't. Definitely would not say that Love and Rockets is for everybody. But if you're into it, there is a fuckload of it to read. <laughs> uh, 
I guess, uh, were there any other books that you wanted to bring? Because I also got a list of my five-star ratings that I posted on Goodreads, if you want to go through some of those. I I think that I have talked about the ones that really stood out to me the most, but I, I'm glad that we had the pick, like the variety of books that we did this year, because they were all like very different. We had a Batman book, we had like some old, I don't know if it was a newsprint comic, but an older comic, um, memoirs, uh, science fiction, like mm-hmm. just, it was a really great spread of comics that I think represent like what's in the industry pretty well. Sure kind of caused me to try things I I might not have tried. Yeah, I totally agree with, you know, the diversity of books in this was fantastic, but I do want to go over some of the top books that I had because I there a lot of the books were really good. I don't think I rated anything below a three star because I'm a sucker and I, I think everyone's picks were good. Um, but also... Mike doesn't I have think... a favorite child, but these are his favorite children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, well, some of the books that I really, really dug um, were, I guess, The Old Guard. Like I said, I kind of I kind of gave a spoiler earlier. You know, The Old Guard was really such a pleasant reread, honestly. And I think... I, this may have been me coming off of a couple of bad single issues that I had read, I'll be completely honest, um, and then jumping into the old guard and just being like, oh my god, this is how you do really good comic books, um, was like a nice refreshing thing. But regardless, I mean, this is a solid book. Like, I don't think a comic like this goes on to such critical acclaim and, and you know, they make a movie out of it and stuff for for no reason i mean let's let's all take a step back with that loaded statement that i just said but um <laughs> nonetheless old guard was really really good like i said greg Rucka knows how to write a damn fine comic book leandro fernandez's art is simply unbelievable from beginning to end the other book i agreed with uk and frank's diary the graphic adaptation was stunning devastating i said it on the episode a few weeks ago you know the the end of that book being so abrupt and you know, being obviously true to the source material of, of Anne Frank's diary, just being the last entry with no worry, no claims, just simply a you know a young girl adding an ent- extra entry to her diary is so heartbreaking. And I mean, not to say that the ending made the whole book, but uh, or the whole adaptation, but uh, really to see things, the ups and downs, and the the struggles and trials and tribulations, as you know, from the perspective of a a teenage girl, and then to have it all just come to an end so quickly. Uh, it was really just like a smash in the face. So like very well done, very well adapted, I think, um, into a, an OGN. That was solid. And Waves, this is Brandon's pick. Um, I, I've gushed about this book on our Discord. I've probably talked about it on the show. Um, this book broke me, broke me right in half. It's it's a you know it's a story about a very deeply emotional thing that happened you know it's a it's a book that is about something that is extremely devastating to someone and and it it can cause you know people deal with this all time i don't want to go full spoilers on this but like it's a very big thing and to write a book about it and tell it in such a way that it doesn't feel clinical it doesn't feel like and it and the, the fact that it's fiction i think to a certain extent like it's 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 just it's beautiful I felt super drawn in and I was devastated by the end in, in a very good way, like a satisfying, satisfying way to just like read a book and cry. And then you read the end and you go, oh, like the world didn't end because this awful thing happened to this person. Maybe I needed something like that personally, emotionally, but like, man, to read that book, it was it was very, very well done. I I will warn you, if you're going to read that book, like get your Kleenexes ready. And if you're not up for that kind of story, don't read this. But uh 
man, it really, really, really got me. And I, I'm very happy to have read it because it's it was fantastic from start to finish. I don't know, Kate, if you got a chance to read that at all or Brian, I don't know, but still it's, it's, oh, it's something. <laughs> I did. I read it back in August and I gave it a four star, but um, I'm going to be honest. I've read like 250 books this year. So okay, uh, okay. I, w- I would need to skim through it to remember much other than apparently I really liked it. No, that's, that's totally fine. I, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I think we, we are avid readers here on the show. So like, I don't blame anybody for not having all the details in their head. Um, because I will admit, like I purposefully waited to reread both of your picks so that I could talk <laughs> about them a little bit today, because I don't remember all the details. And it's a good thing that I did because, because you believe- never knew all the details in my case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The one other book that was on my list that I really enjoyed, um, was this Cosmonites, uh, Cinco from our discord, uh, Kyle, I guess, picked this. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, th- this book is so interesting because I read it. I read it not this year, but I read it the year before um, on a whim. I'd just been sitting on it and I was I was blown away by it, right? It's a it's a webcomic turned into a collected edition and it ends in such a way that I went, how can this how can this be over? Right. Uh, and it turns out it's not. It's there's more coming and it's slowly being produced online and stuff and will eventually be collected. But man, what a solid like we got to save the princess. Oh, wait, that's not actually what this story is about. Um, kind of thing is, is really, really smart. And I, I love the character design. I love the, the mechas that fight against each other. Cause like the whole premise of the story is if you are, or every planet has like prince, a princess or, or two or multiples, and they all get saved by these mech mechanical fighters that fight in these giant mechas. And the winner takes the princess as her bra as their bride. Um, but there is a team of people who maybe don't want to adhere to that system, but must participate in order to stop it. Uh, and uh, we got a main character who's all against the, the the garbage of the patriarchy. It's it's really cool. It's really smart, well, really well paced, great character development um, all throughout. And highly loved. I highly recommend that book. I really really loved it. Yeah, I read that one uh, pretty early in the year, but I do remember really enjoying this one. I gave it a five on Goodreads, and I'm really glad to hear that there's more coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really solid stuff. But I guess, you know, rather than just continuing to go through all the books and stuff, I, you know, part of me thinks about these reading challenges and I'm just like kicking myself to be like, hey, for next year, we really maybe should ask people like and I've already sent out messages to our patrons and we're asking folks on the show like to start sending their stuff in for next year. But I'm really curious to know why people pick the books that they read, right? Is it just a, hey, I want you all to read this thing? Like Danny said in our chat, his his choice of Batman Creature of the Night was to to make people read Batman without making people read Batman, yeah. uh, which I think is a funny way to, to approach that. But like, you know, when you were thinking about your books, Kate and Brian, like what was the thought process behind it? Um, and like, why did you pick the book that you picked? Well, as with uh, most of the actions that I take, there was not much of a thought process behind it. <laughs> Uh, okay. It was okay. it was pretty much uh, oh we're doing a Goodreads reading challenge. What was that book I really liked? We only find them when they're dead. Yeah, that one. I want to do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't no, a trade yet, but it was gonna be. So I was like, yeah, good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that works. And you know, I don't I don't think there necessarily needs to be like a you know a big huge thought process behind it. But I am curious, like if if you do, you know, Kate, maybe did you put like uh, more more thought behind yours, or were you, were you just grabbing a book that you thought was good? I had really been blown away by the old guard. And then I knew that it was going to, I can't remember if it had just become a movie or if it was just about to become a movie, but like there was, there were some extra reasons outside that from, I just really liked this book, which was also true. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, for example, this year, I don't, I don't really have 
a, a book that that jumps out at me like this one did for for this year's reading challenge. So I'm trying to pick my book for next year's reading challenge, and I'm I'm really struggling. Not because I haven't read really good books that I want to share with people, but but because I feel like they each of these books that I these this short list of books mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've narrowed it down to, like each have something that highlights what comics can do or helps helps you learn something that maybe you don't know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really stumbled across some comics that are really exceptional that are about people that I'd never heard of or topics that I didn't know anything about. And I want to share those with people. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I want to make sure that like, it's not something that was super niche and hard to find, you know? So that also contributes to my, my choice. Like I want to make sure that it's readily available. Yeah, I and I think we we you know we as a group try to put stipulations on that because I think there was one year we had a book that was like only available in print and we were like shit I don't think anybody's gonna be able to read that or it was like hard to find in print I think and yeah but yeah I I totally understand that I mean my my thought process for this is usually like I want to either recommend something that I've read that was really good um, that is not just gonna be an X Men book or it's not gonna be like a book that's on every top 100 list for the past year or from the last year and stuff. Oh yeah, D- Xander did make us all buy Super Mutant Magic Academy. I think in some capacity, if you had to read it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, there is. Uh, thanks, Danny, for that. Uh, but you know, there is something like my. I usually am trying to find something that's a little bit out there that like maybe folks have heard of or folks if they've seen it on a shelf, they're like, oh, but probably pass it over. Um, and it's kind of like a. I guess I'm trying to find a hidden gem for folks and give them like my recommendation as like the the classic Mike Rappin seal of approval. If you don't like this, I'll refund you the price of a comic book type thing. Which, you know, I'm I'm still up for doing that if, if folks are interested. But, uh, you know, I'm usually trying to find something that it's like, this is really smart. This is really good. Um, it's not a box brown graphic novel, I promise. Um, <laughs> because that's usually my recommendation. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to find something that's a little bit out there, which, you know, requires me, of course, throughout the previous year to read a bunch of stuff um, that, that hopefully I could recommend. Because I usually try to only recommend things that I've read. If only because I want to either reread it or I want other people to revisit it so that I can have the discussion with them um, because I wasn't aware if anybody else was reading it. So that's that's kind of my thought process for it. I I, I also try to like try to not pick something that I think is going to be too divisive. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think that's, you know, that's always going to be a struggle, you know, like, you know, to try to find something that appeals to a lot of people. But I usually try to find something that's not going to be like too burdensome because usually I'm not going to recommend it regardless if it's too burdensome on me as a reader, like if it's too wordy or something like I love uh, to kill or be killed, but uh, that book's got so many goddamn words in it. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it like Brubaker and Phillips. I mean, let me get a little baby soapbox here. Brubaker and Phillips gave people the idea that you can just put like text on the side and then do a, a panel or text on like a bunch of like paragraphs on the side in one image um and i've seen other comics take advantage of that and i'm like you fuckers F- first it was that and now it's 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 data pages like we're just we're just reverting to prose like you sons of bitches <laughs> but yeah no i mean there, there's i usually only i'm gonna i'm usually gonna recommend things that i've rated like very highly personally um but this year my my big tear is do i pick a manga volume or do i pick a non-manga volume right yeah <laughs> you know i think I, I think i have one manga volume on on my short list as well i think one yeah. of them is like manga one is a memoir and one is a really good fiction book kind of mm-hmm. like the, not not similar to the old guard but similar in the genre gotcha um, so gotcha. it's it's really like a struggle for me to be do, like do i want to expose more people to this really great manga that 
maybe they have never read a manga before um mm-hmm. or like do i do i help somebody learn about this incredible photographer or do i just give them something good to read like i'm really i'm really very aware of the fact that a number of other people are going to read this book that i have put my recommendation behind <laughs> yeah yeah brian do you have do you have a short list for this upcoming year no okay. uh, i don't have a long <laughs> list of stuff coming here honestly i haven't even thought about it that's all right we've got time we've got time i just figured i'd put it's, everybody it's, it's on the gonna spot. be uh me scrapping to figure it out the day before they're due <laughs> you can always pick my my second pick <laughs> that's true I, I could just be a vehicle for for my wife's comments right. right this is this is where danny's threat of i will bribe people to put batman books on the list may come into play brian yeah that's why i'm uh, so cheap danny because i have no idea what i want <laughs> We're going to start putting out our own prices for bribery um, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I guess the, I don't know, were there any any last thoughts that you guys had? Any last questions you wanted to go over before we wrap things up here? I just wonder if anybody else also participates in more than one reading challenge in a year and why? Oh, I can't. Okay. Absolutely not. I could barely read the comics that I'm purchasing, let alone yeah. books that people want me to read. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I participate in the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge that Kate Scotchless got me into last year. And it's... Mm. Um, you can either read, I think it's 40 is the main, the main number. And then 50 is like the bonus number. Um, and it's, it, it can be, I mean, it's really dependent on what you choose because these are all just like kind of descriptions, like a book with a blue cover or a book that takes place in the 1950s or Mm -hmm. things like that. So you can really choose your own books. Like it's not a list like like ours is. Could you imagine if we did like a reading challenge, like topic like that? And it's like pick a cover with, you know, a blue cover. And then like somebody shows up with like, here's the variant cover to this thing. blue, even though technically the main colors are orange. Like, oh, man. I would throw myself into a wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because because this other challenge is is so flexible, I do end up using quite a few books from our right. challenge. Right, right, right. If I can get them to fit. But then that helps me like figure out what I'm what I'm listening to. I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I work and I that see. just kinda it helps me again to find books that I might not normally read or to dig out books from my to read list that I added five years ago and then I forgot right. about them. So right, right, right. It, I it gotcha. really cracks me up to think that people have like their their dark and dirty secrets, and Kate's is that she's over here double dipping on reading challenges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, we uh, our level of severity of dark and dirty secrets, Brian, I guess, very, very, very different. Yeah, not even some light arson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think I think that kind of wraps things up. I guess, like, you know, I will say congratulations to the four people on our Goodreads who have finished the challenge so far. Things close up on December 16th. This episode is going to be coming out on the 15th. So if you're listening to it the day that it comes out, the, the reading challenge end, ends tomorrow. And if you're re- listening to it after you missed it uh what were you doing um but i will say you know if you if you haven't gotten a chance and you're listening to this on wednesday make sure you go update your reading challenge post i'm probably going to send a message out on twitter and goodreads and stuff to remind people to do that but um please make sure you do that and we really look forward to seeing who is all part of the final group of people who are going to pick the first book of january uh 2022 that's going to be our first book if you finish the challenge you get to help us pick the book that we're going to read in january and then we'll be talking about the show at the end of the month so yeah i guess uh Thanks, guys, for for recording the episode today. I guess to wrap things up, you can always uh, next week, I should say, is going to be our book of the month. We're going to for December. We're going to be talking about Long Walk to Valhalla with Brian and Kate 
you're coming back. I'm sorry, but making you read this book. Very excited for that because I've been sitting on that book since it came out on my bookshelf. It's moved with me just the one time, but it has consistently been on my bookshelf in my to-read section, and I've never read it because, you know, now I have an excuse. And yeah, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Kate at Kate Elfier. You can follow Brian at Brianhead. You can follow me at Mike Rappin, and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at IRCB Podcast. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like the IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and more. You can join now at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. And if you haven't already, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us five stars. We work hard for you. And that just really helps us spread the word about IRCB. Join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more and listen to our episodes live as we record. Check the link in the show notes. And it would help us a lot if you tell your friends at your local comic shop about the show. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music. We can't thank them enough. Xander is a very cool guy who makes us sound very cool every single week because he's our editor. I want to say thanks to Brian and Kate for the episode. Thank you to Danny, Hannah, Hugh, uh, Kevo for hanging out with us in the Discord today. It was really, really fun. Thank you to everyone out there who listens to the show and supports us on Patreon. You're all wonderful, fantastic human beings. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Comics are good.